Then, suddenly, he heard the sound of a voice speaking very low, and another voice answered it. At that, George's heart sank, for this proved that there must be at least two burglars, and the odds against him were desperate. After that came a low, cruel laugh, the unmistakable sound of the rattle of knives and forks, and the explosive uncorking of a bottle. At that his heart sank even lower yet, for he had read that cool, habitual burglars always had supper before they got to work, and therefore he was about to deal with a gang of professionals. Also that explosive uncorking clearly indicated champagne, and he knew that they were feasting on his best. And how wicked of them to take their unhallowed meal in his drawing-room, for there was no proper table there, and they would be making a dreadful mess over everything. A current of cool night air swept up the stairs, and Georgie saw the panel of light from the open drawing-room door diminish in width, and presently the door shut with a soft thud, leaving him in the dark. At that his desperation seemed pressed and concentrated into a moment of fictitious courage, for he unerringly reasoned that they had left the drawing-room window open, and that perhaps in a few moments now they would have finished their meal, and with bulging pockets would step forth unchallenged into the night. Why had he never had bolts put on his shutters like Mrs. Weston, who lived in nightly terror of burglars? But it was too late to think of that now, for it was impossible to ask them to step out till he had put bolts up, and then, when he was ready, begin again. He could not let them go gorged with his champagne and laden with his treasures without reprisals of some sort, and, keeping his thoughts steadily away from revolvers and clubs and sandbags, walked straight downstairs, threw open the drawing-room door, and, with his poker grasped in his shaking hand, cried out in a faint, thin voice, If you move, I shall fire. There was a moment of dead silence, and, a little dazzled with the light, he saw what faced him. At opposite ends of his Chippendale sofa sat Hermy and Ursie. Hermy had her mouth open and held a bun in her dirty hands. Ursy had her mouth shut and her cheeks were bulging. Between them was a ham and a loaf of bread and a pot of marmalade and a Stilton cheese, and on the floor was a bottle of champagne with two brimming, bubbling teacups full of wine. The cork and the wire and the tinfoil they had, with some show of decency, thrown into the fireplace. 